DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to welcome in our Utah football insider, Frank Dolce. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Visit SmartRain.net or call 877-346-3333. Frank, good morning. Good morning, DJ. Good morning, PK. Hello. You know, Frank, I got an uh, right off the top of the bat, uh, show here, uh, interview, I should say. You always hear that, uh, take what the defense gives you. Well, if I'm a defensive corner, I don't give them anything. <laughs> yes. Yes, it's a, uh, it is an awkward phrase in, uh, in athletics. I, I don't know of one defensive, uh, well, I mean... <laughs> I guess if I guess you could say, like, um, if you're playing, let's just say, for example, you're playing Oregon State, and you know Oregon State runs the ball pretty well, then you're going to do everything you can do to stop the the run. You're going to, you know, load the box and put a bunch of people at the line of scrimmage, and you're going to be you're going to be difficult to run against, but you're going to give up the pass. You're going to sacrifice the passing game and say, we're not going to let you run, but if you beat us with the pass, then, you know, okay, we'll, we'll have to live with that. We're going to sell out against the run. So maybe you can make an argument that the defense is giving the pass in order to stop the uh, Oregon State's most important phase. Yeah, but then that would tick me off. You're telling me that you don't think we're good enough to run the ball against you? <laughs> I'll show you. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, I, I'm generally I don't think a defense is in a position to want to give anything to an offense. So Exactly, precisely. I've always wondered that, and you're the football expert, not me. And yet, despite the fact they don't want to give anything. Kyle Whittingham at his weekly press conference brought up the fact that Utah's now got a string of four straight games where the offense has piled up at least 450 yards of total offense, in some cases a few more than that, obviously. Are you beginning to think of Utah as an offensive juggernaut now capable of both running and passing the ball? Well, it is a, it is a very balanced attack. I, I know that, you know, we've We've all been through these Utah football teams in the Coach Whittingham era where you just didn't have any faith in one phase of the game. Mostly it's the passing game on the offensive side. And you just had to rely on even, – even, and everybody knew it. You had to rely on the run game. Even in the face of an eight-man or nine-man box, I mean, pe- people would just load up against Utah in the run game, and, and Utah still – figured out a way to run the football and um and and so those were you know those were interesting times to to watch games but it feels like now there this is a much more balanced uh much more creative it's easy to be creative i guess when you have this kind of balance but much more creative offensive football team for utah and several times in in critical situations, Utah like like third down situations, fourth down situations, Utah's been able to convert and pick up first downs not only with the running game, 
but by utilizing the passing game and not just like throwing a screen pass or throwing the ball to the to a running back out of the backfield, but going downfield to a tight end or to a wide receiver to convert on those in those scenarios. So, I would say this this Utah offense this year has evolved into a very balanced attack, an offensive attack that you could say you could rely on both phases, the pass and the run. I have absolutely no doubt for multitude of reasons. One is that Utah's emerging, and the other is the division stinks. That my doubt is, I'm doubtless, basically, that Utah is going to win the South. I have zero doubt on this. I would bet everything that DJ owns that they're going to win the South. And that's a lot <laughs> of stuff to bet. Wow. I don't know how you put. I don't know how you take an accounting of all that stuff. I mean, exactly. That's a lot I mean, of I, stuff. yeah. I started two years ago, and I'm halfway done. Yeah. Well, you should hire a professional. Exactly. Yeah. That's precisely. A, Plus, he's all the stuff he's got, like in shoe boxes up in the attic. I mean, come on. He keeps stuff from the government too. Yeah. He does feel <laughs> like a conspiracy sort of guy to me. No comment. <laughs> well. Uh, I, you know, I think Utah's in a very good position in the South. There's no question about it. And if Utah plays to their potential, like we saw, you know, kind of against USC and a half against Washington State and and kind of a half against Oregon State and you know, pretty good game against UCLA. If if Utah plays up to their potential. When we've seen them be be really good, then I I I think they're very that's a that's a tough out. Like I think they can go through the rest of the schedule, and and not get beaten. Uh, but we you know it's it is still you know it's why you play the games I guess they there's there still is a team that's shown a tendency at times to not be very good at the line of scrimmage to be loose with the football and. And if those things occur, then, you know, Utah's going to put themselves in, in a difficult situation. So, I, I, oh, the other thing, I hate, I hate mentioning this other thing, and so I'm just going to kind of graze over it, but, it, you know, you, the, the team has to stay healthy, especially at key, in, you know, in key position groups. They're already, they're already thin at the offensive line, and, you know, um, that's, a, that's a position group that just is going to have to, stay as healthy as possible through the rest of the season and um you know i think they're i think they're thin significantly thin and experienced at the quarterback position so when, when you talk about depth so health is going to be a, a major consideration i think going through the rest of the year but if utah stays healthy if they play up to their potential then i think they come out of the south as well i think they come out right on top in the south well, they ought to come out on top of the South because Arizona's got a massive losing streak and Colorado has only beaten Arizona and won their money game. And that leaves a Stanford team that gives up 200 yards a game to everybody who wants to run the ball. I mean, they don't give up 200 yards to USC and to Washington State because they don't want to run the ball. But SC still ran for 185 yards. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, aside from the turnovers, how Utah could screw up this game. And you turn it over four times, you can lose to anybody. Yeah. So that's there. Yeah. But aside from that... Everybody's running for 200 yards on Stanford if they just try. And Utah's obviously going to try. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, didn't didn't we just see 
uh, Arizona State do that? Like, we, we thought Arizona State was going to be a pretty good football team, and then all of a sudden they're – did they have four or five turnovers in that game? I mean, they're, they're – which, which quarter? <laughs> yeah, that's just the thing. That is exactly the thing. I mean, you, you go into these football games and um, – and if all goes right, if all goes well, then you know you should you shouldn't have a problem. You shouldn't you should come out on top. And then, and then three, three turnovers later, four turnovers later, you're on the wrong side of it. So, you know, I don't I don't see that. I don't expect that to happen. I don't see that happening. But it sure seems to come out at odd times in the, in the football season, especially in the in the Pac-12. So. I I I'm with you. Like I I'm I'm I have high expectations of Utah football right now, based on the, what they've done, especially on the offensive side. Uh, I still am curious about you know if a team really wants to line up and try and run the ball against Utah, how what kind of success they're going to have. So so that's a, that's something to consider. But I th- this is a football team that that has a legitimate shot going through the rest of the year without taking a loss going you know winning the south going into the championship game there's i don't think there's any question about that the only question is if they can maintain this high level play um on a regular basis i mean they, you might have a bad quarter a bad series whatever here and there if they can ma- maintain possession of the football and most importantly if they can stay healthy i think that's i think that's a real critical issue I dare you to refute the following statement. Cam Rising is the best quarterback in a Pac-12. Let me, I'm thinking over all of the quarterbacks in the Pac-12. Well, we know he's better than Charlie Brewer. (laughs) Well, uh, I would put him right at the top. I mean, I think there are guys who have high potential in the Pac-12, I like Garbers. Uh, I like both Garbers. That you know, that's interesting. I like both Garbers. I like the Garbers at Cal. I think he's. I think he's very good. Although he's been, you know, a roller coaster ride this year. But I think he, his upside's very good. I like the Garbers we just saw at UCLA. In fact, I might even make the argument that in some ways that UCLA offense is more efficient with Garbers <laughs> at the quarterback position. So. Um, I I like Dorian Thompson Robinson. I think he's you know he's very athletic. He does a lot of things really well, and he's you know he's a he's a he's a tough guy. Uh, I've never been high on him w- winning a lot of football games, like being able to rely on him to win a lot of football games. So I I don't put I wouldn't put him even healthy at the top. Um, Jaden Daniels. Uh, I think he has. I, I think I'd put him kind of in the same class as Thompson Robinson. Uh, Brown at Oregon is a same kind of guy, like high, very high potential, but um, it it's streaky. Um, so as I'm looking at the kid at Stanford, I think he's above average. Too young. I think he's he's young. Yeah, I think he's above average. Uh, as I yeah, as I guess as I look across, the, you know, at the uh, the the kid Nolan at uh, Oregon State. What about Jaden um, Delora had, at Washington State? That's what we're building up to. And Jaden Delora, he's he was the last guy I was going to get to, but I think Jaden Delora is probably the 
the top, um, and he seems to become become has become more consistent. So I think I would put those two those two guys, Delora and Cam Rising, as my one and two in the in the Pac-12 right now. Cam Rising has been super. I think he's been super consistent. Wow, he's Very rising up the rankings. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he is. And and I don't like. There have been people who are talking about like, well, he's a you know he's a game manager and he only completes only threw the ball twenty something times against UCLA and this and that. And I don't I don't buy into any of that stuff. I mean, efficiency is efficiency at the quarterback position. And Utah did have the run game going, and so they should lean on the running game. And then they just used the passing game perfectly to keep UCLA off balance. So, I mean, I don't think a quarterback has to throw the ball 35 times a game um, in order to be considered a top-tier quarterback. If your quarterback is completing 65-plus percent of his passes, no turnovers, moving the ball downfield – and utilizing a great running game, I don't know why you wouldn't put that quarterback right on. I mean, that's a, to me, that's kind of exactly the guy you want. Is that guy who's going to make those kinds of plays and be very consistent. You got any doubts about the defense now? Yeah. I mean, I like this. I like this defense. And at times, I think the defense is real, has been really, really good. But there are times when you just scratch your head. Like, Utah knew what they had to do defensively against Oregon State. Everybody knows what you have to do defensively against Oregon State. And so you knew that. You practiced for it. You prepared for it. Everybody had their assignments. And then you went into the game, and then you just couldn't do it. So that's, I think that's a concern. And uh, I, I think, to me, that is, is more of not, like not a physical ability issue, um, it was more of an issue of experience, like being able to go back into your bag of game experience and figure out how to turn the tide on a team that is just beating you up at the line of scrimmage. And that's what happened with Utah against Oregon State. They got beaten up at the line of scrimmage in the run game. And so, you know, a more experienced team might be able to, to say, wait a second, wait a second, if we – if I'm, if I can do this, if I can just do this, then I can, I can stop the bleeding. But they never, you know, they, they never were able to do that. And so, with a team that's very talented, but at times has, you know, eight underclassmen, mostly freshmen, on the field. I think that experience is a big factor. So the Oregon State game was good, like in in terms of gaining that experience. I think Utah utilized that against UCLA, uh, and we'll see how they how they go through the rest of the season. But I, I yeah I, I I mean we're only we're only two weeks out from a from a ground attack at Oregon State that was overwhelming. And so has you has Utah corrected all those issues in the run game? Maybe hopefully. Are the you know the the other thing is they're not going to face another running team like like uh, Oregon State, and maybe UCLA was going to be as close as they were going to get, and they handled that pretty well. So, But, yeah, I still, I still think there are question marks about this Utah football team, defensively. He's Frank Dolce. You want to tell him about the uh, disaster in high school football down there? That's his old uh, neighborhood. He, he'd what be you, appalled by this. 
You don't need to tell me about it. Of course, I followed up on all of that. I, I follow up on all of that stuff. So, yeah, <laughs> Inglewood, Morningside. I mean, we, we, we know that. We know that area, PK, and yeah. that's, a, that's, a, that's a bitter rivalry. And, um, and you know, back, back when I was growing up in that area, um, Inglewood, Morningside, always super talented teams. They could never really figure out how to get on track. Like, they, they were competitive but didn't necessarily rise to the playoff level in those years but that that is that those are those are guys that super super talented football teams always super talented football teams it's a little distressing that you know well the way that game turned out i mean that's just that's ridiculous listen I mean, the chart says when you're up by 104 points you're supposed to go for two you got to do what the chart says remember remember i mean the only analogy i have with that with utah football is when the chart said that you should Onside kick against Wyoming. When you're up by 43, <laughs> I mean, and, and the response, the response from was it Cowboy Joe? I mean that. Hey, was everybody classic. wants to be ranked number one. <laughs> classic, yes. So you know, regardless of what the chart says, but I think it's even more kind of distressing, like that you have six. What is it? Six or seven of those players on the Inglewood football team are are not. From the school boundaries, yeah, like it said, seven that have gone on to that are that have already made commitments to play uh, college football. That, that's just disgraceful. Yeah. Um, they, yeah, like what is this? Is it IMG now? <laughs> IMG SoCal? What is going? What's going on here? That's that seems. If I was Morningside, I wouldn't have lined up to play defense. I don't think they did. I would, but I would have just at the line of scrimmage. <laughs> I would have put all my guys. To the far left, yeah. just in front. if you want two points, here have it. Yeah, yeah. If you really need, if you really want that two points, yeah. here you go. You can have it. That's I. I just that's that doesn't to me. That just doesn't speak to what athletics. I know athletics is funny these days. It's re, kind of really funny these days, but there still should be this core, this foundational stuff about athletics and fair play, and you know. Um, being able to go in, in into a competitive atmosphere like that, p- play a game, play your heart out, and still, you know, congratulate the other team, shake hands after the game, and go on your way, and sportsmanship, and all that stuff. All of those good things, all of the lessons that you want to teach your kids, that you say, you know, these are lessons you can you learn on the field that you can't learn in the classroom. All of that stuff just goes out the window when some knucklehead. Hasn't you know goes through an experience like this? It just doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't live up to what athletics and what sports should be and should be all about. Yep. Frank, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Man, it's always great to talk to you guys. Looking forward to it. Have a great weekend. Frank Dolce, Utah Insider and Analyst for the Zone Sports Network. Dylan Cauley, former BYU wide receiver, coming up at 9 o'clock. And we got tickets to see the Jazz and the Kings tonight. Game tips at 7 o'clock. We're giving away tickets at 8.30, right on the other side of this break. And again at 9.30, right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.